Alrighty, episode 37. Woo! It's our age in podcasting. There it is. We made it. One podcast for every year. Yep. Um, so Tyler doesn't want to call this the podcast review, but it's the podcast review. Well, we can start talking about a couple of podcasts we listen to. Yeah, so we were brainstorming ideas on what to talk about today. And um, we get into some interesting concepts. So... <laughs> Uh, Tyler does not like talking about what we're going to talk about, <laughs> breaking the third wall. Um, All right. So I had listened to uh, the Sam Harris podcast with Joe Rogan. and This isn't what we talked about, what we were going to talk okay, about. Okay. Well, you you heard Danielle Bonelli and Sam Carl. Bolelli. 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 And... Sam Dan Carlin Dan Carlin Hardcore History Two History Podcasters Formerly Common Sense Interesting thing on so I love I love Dan Carlin And I you know what and so he has a podcast where he he's known make a noise Yeah He's known to be very like and here's a bunch of facts <laughs> Right Dan Carlin? Yeah right Yeah he's a history guy so he talks everything in a history con- context and then how this matches up to that situation Right and um, tries to can I be utilize that? Can I be totally uh, honest about my opinion of that podcast? Sure, because it was a, it's been a while since I hardcore listened history to. or common sense. There's two. Oh, maybe common, common sense, sense. He would just do a current events weigh in type thing, yeah. and then hardcore history is the one where he does these five hour deep dives on like the mom maybe I, or something. Okay, it must have been common sense. I just thought it was too surface level. Maybe it was very okay. common sense. But he talked a lot, and he made a lot of words about a, just a point he could have said. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong about that. It's been a while. That was okay. my impression. I always really liked him. And, and it was in the age of, I thought he was, I, I, think, I guess his angle, what I would call it, is a right-ish trending common sense guy. So it made sense. He was anti-war. He's a little bit libertarian vibe and a history buff but not emotional. And so when there was a, an Obama out there and he was talking about it, things that were happening in the context of what was wrong with them or what was too big government-y about them and what was anti-liberty, um, it had, it was interesting. Okay, all right, so he was on a podcast with- But what was interesting, so then, then the turn he took was he stopped doing common sense because, and he was distraught with Trump being president. So oh, Trump really? became president. He was basically <laughs> just like, you know what? I can't even apply common sense to this. And I don't, I, I need to just go Dude, sit in a cage. What is it that people don't get? It's so easy. It feels like it to me. Um, so he, so that was the context was he did Can like we, one or two podcasts. And what he's basically saying was, um, and, and Scott Adams is, is interesting in that, Everything's from the framework of persuasion. So when you look at it from that, it's interesting. And so what, what's rattling to a Dan Carlin guy is there's no common sense happening. Everything's emotional and it's, it's all emotional on purpose. I don't know if that's I, I, I don't agree with my it, but, opinion. But, but that's, well, obviously not. But that's, that's where he's coming from. So How could there be such a disconnect between a guy who's just doing – he's just like – all right, I'll just do what American people say. That's kind of his thing, right? Uh-huh. Populist. And then the, the people that are in the media and the podcast. Well, so here's, the here's his lens, which is academics. a little bit interesting at least. I'm not saying I agree with it, but it's what rattles him about it. 
is he what he sees is a parallel. So it's not that he thinks Trump is Hitler like a leftist is, but it, it's unsettling to him because one he'll match it to things in history. And it starts when people start getting populist and rising up like this, it it's like a high risk time in other periods of time. Like the comps are, okay, this is unsettling. This could go bad. Like if, if people are at least under the guise of being common sense, I think, is I think, it, I think people are lulled to def- sleep with Can we Obama. define populist? Cause that's an interesting word, isn't it? Well, so yes. And, and the interesting thing that he brought up was to give Trump credit, which I think he had come around to at, at this point was a little bit of what you're seeing is people just people don't think the government works and at a certain point if there's a large enough if you have a voting system and you have the large widening gap between haves and have-nots he's like sort of the free market solution to that is eventually the shit gets so bad for these people that they band together and just fucking take everyone's shit you know that's a little bit of a check and balance I think that's an extreme extrapolation of of it, but I mean, a populist movement, I think, in its most rogue, is a a mob ganging together and being like, "Give me that!" Right, right. If you think about that, but think about what it's saying, like populist versus what versus a level of elitism, like, "Hey, we kind of have you under our thumb a little bit," type of yep. thing, right? That's the government saying because if it's not populist, what's the opposite of that, right? Yeah. So, well. It- I think at a certain point, and, and this is a little bit what you're seeing with the Democrats currently, is you can start to build a narrative that if things keep pulling apart that and those people are voting and, and managing the media and doing all of these things um, and basically running shit. Um, the people of, of, the, of the country? The people that have the money. So, so if right. the money is That's- power, so they, they control it. I, that. That's to me what I like about Trump is I think that's what was happening, and then what you're seeing is a revolt against that. Right. Um, but other people don't think. That. Other people think it's that's just that's it's like a a con man tricking all of these dumb and uneducated people. Well, see, that's a that is I think the crux of it. Not the con man some part as they they lay the blame on him for being the con man, but that dumb and educated person uh-huh. is such a such a um, important Oh, we at 538 piece. have been identifying the non-college educated white voter. Exactly. For some time now. Yeah, the, de- the dehumanization. Uh, and he of, pulls very well with him. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and he's actually, well, the thing is they're uneducated, so they don't know really what they're voting for. That, that thing where educated means better is such an important component yeah. of the divide there. Right, where he can't, Dan Carlin, and he might be really and smart, intelligent, and he might know history way better than I do, but he's also made almost like an emotional decision to value education at a certain place, uh-huh. right? I don't think he does. Um, he's, I, not, he's not a, an education guy. He, I mean, he, he is in terms of, he's well-read. And he'll just throw out I don't the, the Bolsheviks. Yeah, and I don't know. Like, I mean, uh, you can be really well-educated, and I don't know where. I shouldn't pretend to know him. I don't. But I'm just... What my main point is this. We should view even an uneducated, dumb person as Forrest Gump. We should be like, you know what? 
this uneducated person, he might be Forrest Gump, meaning that he might be so kind of just good heartedness and have some basics right together that he makes good decisions and does things and has a happy life and is capable of, of voting his interests and seeing his uh, things, how his life is affected by that. Mm-hmm. And he may need to be appealed to. Now, you might be smarter and all these things and richer, who knows, but let's not like act like we're better than Forrest Gump just because we're smarter than Forrest Gump. Even if you are smarter, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But there's a, there's a, um, that's why I say it's an emotional thing. This I'm just speculating. Tell me where this theory is wrong. Where you, where somehow somebody thinks that they're better than like the average American or they right. escaped average America or like, especially if you came from kind of Hollywood or something or to Hollywood or you left, you left sort of the Bible belt where maybe it was kind of stifling for you or you have an impression about what that is for other people because there's some truth to that some layers to that. You think of the history of racism in the South, whatever. For some reason, you project onto you being better than the people on a farm in the Bible Belt, whatever. You don't know that guy. So then the guy, when he votes for somebody, you have to, you can't only blame Trump. You'd also see that this person's like a certain level of like stupidity. You have like a certain amount of like spite yeah. for him. Yeah. And that's, that's, it runs the whole thing. Goes right up to Trump, where he's going, "Hey, these these people, they hate you." He is kind of a con man. He's like, "This is what they want." Like, I, this is like, you guys are so blind, you can't see that. Like, they hate you. They have good reason. Right. <laughs> I don't think that's a con. I think it's it's about, not. It's you, not. You, there's always been that weird thing that you see that, um, a Bill Maher, I'm atheist and dumb religious people, and they're religious and they think different and they think wrong and they have a whole bad construct. Like that was building for ten years, at dude. Least. Probably more than that, and yeah, kind of like it it's initially. The same thing of, and I'm I'm not a climate denier. I wouldn't say definitely not. Um, but there was always that thing of like, oh, it's like it's dumb religious people that would be that would think that. Like you could not possibly be educated and scientific and think right that and be skeptical. Right. And it's like, always about right? strawmanning the other side. <clears throat> right. So um, anyway, but what was. What I thought was more interesting in the content, and we've gotten into this little debate with uh, Dinesh DeSouza's uh, movie um, of the Nazi being a left versus right movement. Um, that's how they started the podcast was talking about that concept and that it's the perfect, um, what's, what's the saying? Uh, what's, uh, what's like the, reth- the concept of like rethinking everything? Like new, not new age, but uh, of rethinking everything. Yeah. Uh, oh, like Post-modern, Renaissance, postmodernism. Oh. Postmodernism. So they're saying it's a, it's the perfect postmodernist thing that basically everyone is arguing about history and rethinking it and trying to change it for their current framework. So there's the common thing is oh Trump is the next Hitler, and then well if he's Hitler, is that that's actually that was actually a left movement, the National Socialists. And get and they were dissecting all, all the history of that, and they were really coming down on the f- fact that Nazis were left. They were like, no, like Nazis are absolutely left. If you read Hitler's Mein Kampf, like absolutely, that is a leftist movement, and or a right movement. Sorry, <laughs> um, uh, totally wrong. They were they were like who Dan Carlin, Dan and Carlin Bellelli? and Bellelli were like that's a, like 
aghast right-wing movement that anyone would try to box that in his left. They thought that was just the most bananas thing. But what they never did, it was disappointing about the conversation. And I'm, I'm sitting there just almost like yelling at my headphones. I'm like, well, like, so what, what are you guys defining as right and left? So yeah, yeah the, that's interesting. So what does this even mean? Because they were, and what they were saying from the right is, um, like right tends to value the individual and left is, I guess, a group thing. It was mm-hmm. their classification. Yeah, and, but then are those definitions then? No. Cause, um, cause, but what they said, it, so, but there's, when there's a right wing leader, like I, I, I can't, my construct of Trump, it, of Hitler, and they were, they were making all these ties to, to Hitler and Trump in that he, he got people to rise up against the existing government. And got a populist group to, uh-huh. to, to you know what? There is a little bit of a connotation of populist with kind of a revolt. Yeah, populist and revolt kind of go together sometimes. Yeah, so it's sort of like, okay, there is an upheaval, and I I think there is an upheaval happening in America, and maybe always at every second of existence. But the, di- <laughs> but the, di- but the difference but, is in modern times. I hate to say it's different this time, but it's different this time. There's not. Just as I was watching Ted Bundy in the 70s, and the whole th- time I'm thinking, you just couldn't have Ted Bundy now. Like with people with cell phones and all this stuff, this guy was off, the states weren't even talking to each other. Right. This guy is able to be in disguises and like go to Florida and murder people, get caught, it's weird. not have his ID, get out, get, you know, just do all these things. And, and to not, to, I mean, there'd be a manhunt, it'd be everyone would fucking see him on their phone. Right. Like, Done. So you can't have, so therefore, this history, that history does not rhyme with this time. Like you could not do, you could, you could be a fucking psychopath today, but it would be in a totally different way. So in the same way, I don't think you can have a Hitler in the exact same way. Well, no. Like you, you it would, it, you couldn't have these secret uh, prison camps that nobody knows about and just information moves a lot better. I, well, I think, okay, so here's... I, I think you a, can have cover-ups and misinformation and weird stuff no, going on. No, nothing will happen the same. But there are concepts that exist today that existed yesterday. And I think one, one that's interesting to explore that's actually being kind of debated, it's in the ethos right now, is that the, um, you know, the Nazis were national and socialist. So there's been some debate over, okay, so... What was the nationalist component? So his argument and what on was that the socialist was that, component? That, that's that's branding on Hitler's part, and it, he was a right wing con man, and that's how he got people to buy in. Well, it was like, oh, you know, this is this is for the workers. Oh, sorry, as far as the socialism component, and that that does fit. A, that that framing does kind of fit because right. when you think about Nazi Germany, you don't think about the really heavy like group indoctrination of. Um, the socialist utopia as much as you think of the like rise of the Aryan race which is the it it definitely rhymes with the Trump movement well hold on here hold on okay you think that but hold on let me let me just I I guess think through this real quick because but those are only the good aspects of it I mean the, the Nazis could have been great if they didn't do genocide like so it wasn't it, none of those things were bad? Well, they're yeah, saying just because they're attached. To the, yeah, but they're saying one thing leads to another. So hold on, well, okay. b- before we get right. two headers on that, because I think I just want to rewind to what you're talking about about them him, them being true socialists. I mean, I 
think it's historically correct that Hitler did read Karl Marx and became inspired while he was in prison. And that was what he wanted to frame the... Not sure about that. Okay, I'm not exactly sure about that, but I do think there is probably some strong framing there of, of communism. But they also fought communists as they were taking power. The Nazis fought against communists. Mm-hmm. And the reasoning from that one narrative I've seen is because they believe that was more a group that was taking orders from Russia versus Germany's interests, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so regardless, let's talk about the nationalist component. Because if anything, Benelli and Dan Carlin are saying that there's similarities between the nationalist movement and the nationalist populist movement happening in America. And populism is related to nationalism, right? Mm-hmm. So there is absolutely with the Trump, you know, the magosphere, a we're going to be the ones to chant USA. <laughs> we're over the top, you know, patriotic and all that, right? Mm-hmm. So at what point does patriotism in some kind of a populist upheaval turn into a an overzealous nationalism that's what the, that's the dial I think they're playing with then mm-hmm. yeah yeah so you you say we're the best you know it cult, certain cultures are better and and that can like boil over kind of quickly right to a bad thing for sure but what I'm saying Let's is I, I, I think now in the context of the culture that we have and the technology, I think it's much, much less likely to do so because there's a free market of outrage, racism culture also that's fighting with that. So you can't even, you, there's like, there's, there's nothing close to that right now and everyone's being called a racist. So how, how does that drift into people aggressively lynching black people or something? Uh, it, Hold on. I'm, 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 I spaced on what you're you're saying right now. Okay, well, I'm just saying it. If you rhyme this with Nazi Germany, with Trump, when you say okay, when people start getting like really like America, and they're like build a fucking wall with those people, and you know, and we're the best, and um, fuck Muslims, they are inferior. Like their culture is inferior. Like we can say that we're we're not we're not murdering uh, we're not making women wear burkas we're not doing all this shit like we're we're fucking better yeah you're talking and you're, so that can that can sort you're talking of about the concept of cultural relativism relativism versus right non and so that's what I think people point to and they see that and they say that can maybe you're just being pro us right now but that can quickly turn into anti these people and then you feel morally justified in pushing those people down. You feel morally justified in just fucking bulldozing over them. You feel morally... Ju- and, and that's happening a little bit. I mean, you see a little bit of crashness with, you know, the Mexican border, say, or... Um, I mean, I'm, I'm pro-wall. I think, I think I think I see it under the context that they're just getting things sorted out and you build the wall and you let people in and we like Mexico and... It's, you know, good fences, make good neighbors type thing. I'm just, my mind's reeling from, you know, thinking about it does believing that one culture is better, does that really ever result in some type of, you know, feverish populism, populism at some point? 
or is that is what's, that kind of a straw man? Because what's interesting is I, I think it happen, It's very vocal. You go to like you go to Europe, and it's very cultural pride. Like those people, right? We're fucking Italian. We're, yeah, you know whatever. Yeah, like all these little divides. I think like, you got to let that those, shit those breathe. Things, those things exist. Yeah. because of pride. Yeah, there's just so those are basically states. That's like Washington getting just like. We fucking drive Subarus and we go skiing and we're yeah. all about the rain. And it's great competition. And, and like, fuck those people down in the sun. Yeah. Those fucking pussies in California. Right. You know, and, and that like builds it and, and makes the culture. Yeah. Like you don't have culture without that. Exactly. So that's and, all it and, is. And, and here's the thing. We, what we've done as Americans, so you're, you're in Washington and you hate the sun and someone in Arizona and they hate the rain. What we've done is united under a set of principles that we've said, oh, we think this is better than another set, right? Because there are, you do have to decide. I mean, or you, or you don't. I mean, I guess a perfect example would be China. China. China is a communist country. So you have to decide, and maybe you have- I don't even know what that means. Well, they believe in the concept of communism. Versus- I, I don't know in practice. I, you know, I've never been there and I don't know enough about, I, I hear that all the time. But I don't know, so I'm I pop out in China. Yeah. What What are my rights that are different? What are my like? What does that even mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, what you. If I, what if I'm rich over there? Like, well, they, you have rich people. So you have no. Not. You have no right to practice religion, even express the view viewpoints and spirituality. You could go start a church. You could go gather with a group that is a Christian group or a. Um, uh, what, what's the main one that was? Persecuted over there, the Dalai Lama, those guys, Buddhists, Buddhists, right? They're persecuted. They've been driven out. So that, that happened, but like, what is in twenty nineteen? You still couldn't be. Situation I don't think you still could be. Look it up. I also don't think you. Yeah, I guess I, I think I. I think I'm skeptical of that I, idea. Yeah. Well, okay. Look at. Okay, so we don't. So maybe we don't know what they are, and really. They're a libertarian utopia masked in a layer of misinformation. I don't, I don't, think, I don't think that. Whatever. But everything's, everything's like a, a spin. Because you could, you could sure. be like, oh, they say they're about freedom in the United States. Can't even fucking smoke weed in almost all the states. Yeah. Can't even do this. Can't yeah. even do this. There's, there's a bunch of brainwashed people that think they're fucking free. Well, that's a fun nuance, <laughs> isn't it? The, the fun nuance is and that... It's cultural relativism. Well, the, the fun thing is that we have our own culture we're fighting over. Right? right? We're going, you know what? I think it's better if we do let people choose what substances to consume. And I think that culture is better than your naive culture. And even that's existing in the US. Mm -hmm. So you have to be, I guess where populism or cultural relativism can get dangerous is if you have really actually dumb people that confuse that with, I live within the boundaries of this area and therefore I'm better than some other person. It's not about that at all. You don't get it just because your skin color or the area you live in. It's about fighting over values that you subscribe to. You know what I mean? Mm. So that's, I guess that's one thing is it's a completely different, that can get confusing because somebody might go, well, I'm Italian and I live in this geographic area and I look like this and these other people look like this. So I'm better than these people. And you got to be part of the culture that goes, no, it doesn't, you're not better than anybody based off of those set of characteristics. Mm. We believe in. You can join us at any time, huh? Be the same. Yeah. Well, that's what that's what <laughs> that's what accept, America value is. America in your heart. Well, that's what America value is. It was like 
exactly what it is. It doesn't matter where you're from, you become American. You don't go and become, you can be a Chinese Italian, I guess. You could be like, I'm Chinese Italian. Sounds kind of weird. You're not, okay, well, you're not, so you're a Chinese guy. You live in Italy. In America, you can be a Chinese American. That sounds natural because there's Italian Americans, African Americans, Chinese Americans. That's what America is, is a bunch of other people, right. you know, which is really cool. And we are kind of saying to other countries, hey, we're a little better because we just kind of accept anybody as long as you like are playing by these rules. And that's why we brain the world. We're like the first ones to do that. You know, it's kind of cool, whatever. Right. And other people can be like, no, we don't think we don't like that. We don't want anyone coming in here. It's not Swedish <clears throat> or whatever. And maybe, maybe it works there. Yeah. Dan Carlin touched on this concept a little bit too. And he got into, well, it, what's a little bit rattling to people sometimes is when you refer to it as the American empire and people have this notion of what you're saying, but the reality of it is we've got a system that occupies, we have 300 bases around the world. Um, we shape how people trade with each other pretty aggressively. We do all these things that are, that we're like, okay, like, you know, as long as you, uh, as long as you trade nice with us, like we'll, we'll, we'll protect these little trade routes and we've got, got all these fucking fighter jets and, and it's almost, it's like the most successful slash aggressive empire ever. Yeah. If you really look at the world history, if you look at it in that context, it's crazy. um, Yeah. I mean, you can, and it's no, uh, I think it just exists. I mean, even, even you that is very pro America. I, but I'm not even saying that. I'm, what would, I'm, would, but you would, but you would question those things. You, like you, you, yes. would, you, you would say, okay, like yeah, that's not ideal. Yeah. Um, and that, but there's a it difference. Just kinda, it just kind of is a thing. Yeah, but okay. So I, it's I, it's fun playing this character of like super USA guy. But I, you know, have the total kind of like resistance, you know, uh, rebellious kid side of me that. Has always been like, yeah, like let's burn draft cards and smoke weed or whatever. Like, you know, thinking that, I mean, you kind of view the government and what they're doing and what your own country is doing, especially when you get to like a libertarian streak as a college kid. And you just, I mean, you're totally criticizing, and I have the country I live in and the government and mm-hmm. how people act and their values and all that my whole life. What I'm saying is, it's not one country being better than another. I'm saying, some cultures are better at some things because some values are better than other values. And some people, some areas have better values, some don't, and some countries exhibit those in some areas. It's a very messy, complex thing. Mm-hmm. But the, the idea that of cultural relativism where no, no culture is better is ridiculous, I think, where you can't just go, well... Look what we're not going to go. Hey, it's offensive to speak down. You just don't understand that they've uh-huh. been doing that for a long time. You just can't. You can't say anything pejorative about anything. Right when you yeah, you just can't say exactly. So okay, I mean, even if it gets, and that's where it's funny with kind of like more left thinking, where all of a sudden there's sort of like the radical Islamic take on things sort of aligns with sort of like leftists, you know, where it's like they're silent. More silent on See, that. I would, yeah, I would push back a little bit on your view of what America is on the accepting, because I remember when we were in Europe and we were just talking to some random, I think a couple of girls on a train or something, 
and they're like, oh, we're, they're like, we just, we're like, what do you guys think? We're kind of picking the brand on what they think of Americans. They're just kind of, oh, we're America. Like, yeah. and you just come barging in kind of. And I think in all these other countries, you have a more of a divide and you have cultural pride and you have the Italians, the Germans, you know, Swiss, whatever. But they're all just going around intermixing with each other on trains and stuff. I don't think there's a lot of overt judgment amongst them. Like, and I think that's part of the problem that they're having right now is now a bunch of Muslims are coming in and they're having issues over there more than we're having even here. Maybe from proximity, but maybe because it's, it's this more what the left wants to see over here is this accepting and you can't talk down to these people and it just, right. you, you just kind of see them like, okay, like if I, if I see a, a person my, across the street in a burqa, you just, you're just like, okay, like, cool. I, I don't say anything, but maybe in America, it might, you're not going to be like overtly negative to them, but you can, you'll kind of, you know, challenge them a little bit. Right. Know? Right. And, and that's, and that's because you like, you actually think that you, that you're, th- that you're relatively better. Like that's part of our culture. Um, it's, it's a really fun thing to dissect. So, okay. In one way, everybody that's in those marches and going, Hey, we're Irish. We're really saying we're the best kind of, and there's a, there's a true aspect, but, but there's a fun aspect of that. And I think if you are, if a good spirited enough to know that, Hey, look at, I just think if it, we're talking about between me and people being Arizona, like you talked about, or sports teams, or even different European nations, or actually anybody in the world, in nation in the world, that you're that you're really saying, look, we're better at some things, and you're better at some things. I mean, America is not the best in so many friggin' so many things in the world. Like, go to a million villages, any village in in Europe, and be like, oh wow, like you guys are living better. <laughs> Like you're just not eating like the fast food. You're walking more. You're in better shape. You're enjoying life more. Like that was kind of a maybe a cliche, romanticized view of Europe that may be changing. But I think for the most part, that's still probably true. That if you go somewhere else, if you go to the the probably the average Italian city, they're chilling out more and maybe like appreciating architecture more, design more, not driving through, getting their Big Macs and all that. There's a fair criticism of that shit. Um, at the same time, when comparing cultures, there's some things that are so egregious that it doesn't matter if you are in Seattle or, or Arizona or Italy. It's kind of like when you look at just, hey, you got you to gotta kind of pick your favorite. I guess this is where it's an interesting point to, to, to stand on then you sort of have to pick your political system because if if we're kind of having this fun contest with Italy oh we got good pizza okay we got good hamburgers you know you spaghetti if we're having that little fun camaraderie yelling back and forth but they all of a sudden go well we're not sure about democracy anymore we're kind of like oh that was a fun little back and forth we're having but you being in the world now and not really like in the democracy thing is kind of like almost a threat to us. You see what I'm saying? Like you're not allowed to do that. Well, there's the theory that a threat to democracy anywhere in the world is a threat to democracy. Yeah. I don't know if I believe in that in general. 
Well, I mean, I just you can, we can talk about it, but yeah. you have a you have a conflicting like society now. Mm-hmm. So now we have to, and it, in a fundamental way, not who's got better food, and not and even in religion, like religion's fine. You can have different religions, but you got to the political. That's what it's all about. The political and how you define who controls land and who controls the resources and all that. Those were that's where people go. You kind of have to take a stand. Which one's better? I mean, you can you can be you, you don't have to take physically. You can be like I don't know. I think it's okay if they put people in, in camps if, for three generations if someone steals off a red. I'm like okay, well, your country might do that one day too, and you gotta like. Um, be just as critical when it does, but basic functions of the society. I think you have to, you have to choose. Tell me if I'm wrong. If you are for capitalism, if you're for, uh, democracy and if you're for freedom, like freedom of speech for the individual. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's getting pretty far outside of, of yourself to, to impose that. And, and where I question, how, where I question, how is it going to fry yourself? Because where I question it is, it's so ripe for narrative spinning that it, that's kind of like how I, I question what, if China's really communist or whatever, I, I haven't been there. Maybe it really is, but I, I think that's a lot marketing probably like I'll bet you there's a lot of aspects that are, potentially more having more personal freedom over there um in practice okay but you still that's um, but you're saying you don't know how it's like we, they're we exercising get, get, like, but you still we have get, to we if, get spot well we get spied on okay but if they come and tell and you our phone and then we're being like well over there they're watching you it's like yelp for people man you like can't fucking do anything it's like well they're i mean their government is just like you, your government, they, they've got metadata on every single person in the United States. Okay. They've, they, they got the fucking wool pulled over their eyes that they're a bunch of free people. You're talking like, about, but you're talking about whether or not, you're talking about the system versus whether or not it is what it seems to be. Okay. I'm saying, okay, great. That, that's a great reason to be very hesitant to go act against them. Oh, you guys are going to be communists? We're going to go bomb you. That's why you don't do that because it's very easy to spin it. The media is telling you this. They're telling you, they give you all these narratives. This is how they're bad. And you got to go, Okay, I don't know if we need to go over there. That's that's 100% what you're getting at, I think. Right. What I'm saying is, if they're coming out and just telling you, hi, listen to all of us. We think if you speak against the leader, you should get your head fucking cut off. Freedom of speech is bad for, for a nation. We believe, we're telling you up and down, we'll tell you, every single one of us will send you a letter that says it. This is what we've adopted. Right. And you still, maybe they're tricking us. Maybe it was a, it's a hoax. They all sent us a letter. But like, if they're doing that there, do I think that's worse or better than our system? Or do I just go, eh, that's how they do it over there. That's how they do it. I mean, you have to, I do think you See, yeah, that's where I, that's where I get into the, we are a nation. Um, I'll, t- I'll take one of those briskies too. All right. Um, beer pause. Hold. I'll do another Corona, please. Little. Little Corona's. You know, maybe we've gone kind of deep into that subject, but yeah, I, I just uh, what I what I think is interesting. It's on the the Donald Trump. But I'm saying something obvious. Subject, I think, what is, 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 related, is related to this. 
So, I, I, to tie a bow on it, I think um, that's what makes me pro-Trump is I, I, th I, I drifted from a libertarian, okay, Where I, would, where I thought the solution was almost like this. And I think this is where Dan Carlin's coming from in his hangup, to, to also tie a bow on that subject um, and, and tie these all these things we've been talking about together. Yeah, lots of bows. Lots of bows, lots of... Uh, bow them up. We've, we've talked about three or four things, but I think there's a common thread. Um, so I think Dan Carlin thought you could slowly inch toward everyone seeking truth and reason and that is the fundamental building block and, and i would say uh, sam harris is a little bit on this train too um, and that's the if that is the framework of your society it's going to work better and a little bit of what's unsettling about the trump thing is he seems to be like really fucking with the concept of truth and making making it a little bit more squirrely. Um, I don't think so. Actually. Well, hold on. Just hear me out. I, you, I knew you were going to do that, like have <laughs> an issue there, but I think that's a hundred percent true. It's postmodernism. Everything's in question. And I think it's good. I think it, I'm not saying this in a pejorative way. It's, it's a good thing to question the like basic framework. If it, if that basic framework could be wrong. And I think it, it was and is. So it's not judgmental. It's just like it, in terms of how, how society structures, um, that's what those guys are having a problem with. And I thought the same way, I would say, maybe five years ago before Trump came and I didn't even vote for Trump. I didn't see it at the time. But the, the caveat is, like you said, okay, in other countries, there's, they're, they're maybe doing things different. They're doing things what you could say wrong. But if, if you're constantly trying to do think within reason, that's formulating your country's framework. But there's also this, this force and this force and this force, there's five forces, five giant forces around the, around the world. And what matters is how you interact with those and how you band together and how you interact with them and allow trade between them and kind of bust free because if you're not the strongest, like they can fuck you up and you can't just, if Nazi Germany is charging in on you, you can't be like, you got, well, actually we think of reason and that is unreasonable what you're doing. <laughs> it's kind of like you, you, there's another force, which is right. keep taking care of building the fucking fence around you and being like, all right, we're going to like figure our shit out and allow ourselves to, once you have that, you can then be a lot more reasonable. Then once you, you have that, that you, can, you can then now go back to well, a Dan Carlin. But we're in this phase where it, it kind of got a little out of whack. And now we're in this like, okay, let's, let's figure out who's on our team and who's even like how, how we're talking to people and what, what the definition of is is and, and these like very basic things. You know things. what's really scary is, is because of technology, we humans are fighting for control of the world. We're fighting for the reigning system of the world. Yeah. Because whoever gets whoever gets the the technology that you know the quickest that allows for a huge amount of energy output, you know, and, and like out of outer space type of 
occupancy, right? Like the Space Force, whoever gets out there right. and is controlling the satellites and the, the whole thing kind of wins, right? And that doesn't mean that couldn't fall too. It could get, it could get so, so big. The new fall of Rome, people like to make the analogy like one of the countries now are going to do it. Like what if, what if Russia becomes like, Russia's not actually that big. What if the U.S. becomes like 100 times bigger and then falls, <laughs> you know, so I guess it's not really, a, it's always a race. It's always, it's always a war of ideas. I mean, that's what we humans are, are doing. And I, I think that there's no, I'm not arguing against cultural relativism. I'm saying there's no such thing. Even the people that are arguing for it are arguing for their version of seeing things and right. having culture right. participate. Exactly. You know, they're voting for someone, whether it's Bernie Sanders or whatever, like, right. <laughs> they're putting their own culture in place. Right. So that's what that's why I think the Trump thing is interesting. It's it's a reframe to say like it, it's really interesting. It's like this like double think because these people that are cultural relativists that will literally back up like a Muslim person person's right to be a Muslim that believes in throwing rocks at uh Stoning, it, whatever, like, infidelity or something, adultery. I know I keep bringing up. I'm not like anti-Muslim. It's just no, like, but it's somebody. Easy. It's but easy it, when you point to that, like you. Well, in your defense, there's some people that are yeah. anti them, and then some people say well, first you can't of all, talk shit about them, and there's some things they do that seem pretty questionable. Let's clarify that real quick. There's three billion Muslim people, and millions and millions and billions and billions of them don't believe in stoning, adultery, you yeah. know, whatever. But in certain, especially Middle Eastern countries, there are majorities of people that believe in things like the death penalty for leaving the religion. Yeah. Like that, that's officially part of the culture. There's more people than not out of like, you know, several countries that say, well, if you leave it, we can kill you. Yeah. You know, so there's millions of people that don't believe that and millions of people that do. Right. So as out of, out of that, um, totally lost my train of thought. You're saying that people, um, that think that's bad. Oh, right, right. Okay, so if um, it's interesting that they will back up very bad people, and then as soon as you're an American that's trying to secure the border and build Who's a basic they? wall, uh, if you're someone on the left that is also someone that would be very defensive of someone judging someone's culture. Okay. But... They're very judgmental about someone, a religious person in the Midwest that um, it supports Trump, wants a wall, um, wants to renegotiate some trade deals, and like lower taxes by three percent, and and that's all of a sudden like they're fucking Hitler. Right. It, it's funny to watch. So people battle it, it, for it, culture. Yeah. So it just shows how much of that is a con control mechanism. And not a um, not a value judgment. It's it's it was literally as long as they were in control and they could control the narrative, huh. they supported that. And then as as soon as they're not in control, it's oh well, it, it that's fucking terrible. <laughs> These people are terrible. They are they're fucking dirt on my shoe. They don't they did not go to college. They, like all this stuff and. and I, I, you know, I don't even know if I question our, I don't even know if I believe in our government anymore <laughs> and its ability to work and it doesn't work for the people. And, and you're like, well, it, that's, it, yeah, it's just, a, uh, <clears throat> you know, there's a really, 
there's a really interesting component to Trump, which because I, I just kind of want to circle back on the honesty of Trump thing. A really funny part of him is how famously uh, hyperbolic he is. Okay. Like way before he was president, like Trump steaks. They're the best steaks ever you've ever had. Trump water. This is the best water. This is the the most pure water I've had you've ever seen all over the world. I've, listen, all I know water. <laughs> it's the Trump Plaza. You've never seen. I mean, everyone knows that's what Donald Trump is. It's almost. It's a joke. It's kind of like uh, Scott Adams and how he is like, hey, the best persuasion is like when we tell you we're trying to persuade you. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like if a sales guy can go in and you can laugh at him a little bit and he can be like, listen, this is going to blow your socks off. <laughs> and you're kind of like, all right, you know, <laughs> you're, you're full of shit in one way, but in another way, like more direct, huh? you're being direct and you're being kind of funny, mm-hmm. you know, like, so Trump's, Trump speaks in hyperbole constantly. Like you'd have to be pretty, you'd have to be kind of, you'd have to be playing dumb to not know that. Everyone knows that, okay? And what that allows for is for him to be so fate, like so misquoted that it doesn't even make sense anymore. Because they, they are that, that's already a, obviously something that happens in media without going to the whole media thing, but misquotes happen. But Trump just gives you a, a platter. It's like if you if you want to twist this in any way possible, go for it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's an amazing component because if you listen to him, you know, you can know what he's saying. But if you read what he's saying or, or you read someone else's narrative, it's so yeah. it's so easily so it so it's, it's totally changed the, the dynamic. It's totally changed the whole political narrative in that. Whereas I, I used to look at an Obama and try to catch him in a lie. Like he said, I could keep my health care and, and I can't, or, you know, and, and you see these things or he was talking about the deficit and he doubled the deficit in the right. time he was president. Like what a fucking idiot. And now like after Trump, now the, what's interesting about that is now there's like an AOC who I completely don't agree with. But she, she'll do the, the same things he's doing, but for her side, you're like, oh, okay. So this, pers- this person is just a fucking salesman. Right. They're, they're just fucking representing. I represent tenants in the marketplace. I'm fucking going to bat. Fuck landlords. Landlords should be fucking illegal almost. Like, I well, am going to. Okay. Well, on that. So, okay. On the, going back to Trump being a con man or not, the thing is, it's pretty, I, I think it's pretty obvious he is not personally passionate about a lot of this yeah. <laughs> he's not it's not he's not an ideal idealist or a moralist in any of this right his thing is when being he, a salesman he's gotta win he's got he said he's well, gonna get the wall not only that but he's, he's gonna win but <clears throat> he gonna he constantly win. his populist thing he constantly speaks in a we not me we like what we're doing right yeah. his thing is okay here's what people wanted i'm just going to deliver it to them like almost like he's like a mirror of just like what america is Mm -hmm. like he really is like just this fast food eating like the the simpsons view of a rich guy cut with gold everywhere like he's a cartoon character he's just a he's a caricature of america he really Mm -hmm. is so he's just going he's just saying hey i'll just i'll just be that since that's what the consumer wants i don't like I can't wait to listen to these 37 podcasts when 
he literally ends up being Hitler and we were backing him up. <laughs> right. It's going to be fucking great. Right. <clears throat> well, okay. Um, the lie thing, though. So the, the hyperbole is interesting because the people that really, really, really didn't want politicians to be politically correct love it because it's just like, oh, he's, not, he's disbanding the teleprompter at all. Totally. Right. And the people that, that needed the teleprompter, the reason there was a teleprompter for those people for that criticism, they can't stand it. They want them like, get on the teleprompter, get on the teleprompter. That's kind of what they're, the, the demand is when they're criticizing him, right? That's what it's, that's what he would be pressured to do if he actually did it. So, um, stop me if I've already given this take, but something that's not talked about enough is people will throw that. Did you know Trump told 8,000 lies? This is his presence begin. Did you know Trump tells 1,642 lies right. per month? The numbers are there. I'm doing like a Scott Adams voice. If if you open those up, okay, so I'll just go examples on a Joe Rogan podcast. I wanted to yell through the, the screen. I was watching this, and it was Joe Rogan talking to a comedian, a funny guy, not really famous, Nick something, kind of like a New Yorker guy speaks Apollo. yeah i think that's his name i, I actually Apollo. saw him before in arizona yeah. um so and the nick guy is a trump fan and yeah. rogan is saying okay but Apollo was like not doing a very good job he wasn't oh he wasn't but let me yeah, did let me now not let me now do a good job in this podcast of explaining this, this is actually something people bring up that's not really but addressed he, he was kind of he was kind of the left person when you challenge them about uh like Yes. Being a he was just going, it's from MSNBC. It's like, it's like, what a, a, a fucking course he is. Like, you're just like, dude, yeah. like, say one thing. Please go into it. Yeah. yeah. He, he didn't know the details well. So, okay. So, here's what I want to do the details because I'm going to address exactly in case Joe Rogan ever gets this clip right Crazy here. that the time's flying, but we got like five minutes left. All right. Joe Rogan pulls up. Okay. So, he says he's told 8,000 lies. Nick says... What source is that from? They batter back on that for a while. Finally, they go, pull up the list. They pull up the lies list, okay? Joe Rogan states the first one. This is how these things work. Just the first one is worth looking at always, right? And the first one was that Trump at the, it was one of the European summits. It was like the, um, I can't remember exactly which one, maybe a UN meeting or something. He goes, I've gotten more done than any president, you know, it, this, right. in two years or whatever, right. right? Well, fact check, and this is where Nick <laughs> didn't press back enough, but the fact check was, well, um, legislatively speaking, Trump has passed fewer legislative acts than the following blah, 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 blah. All right. Let me address that real quick. Joe. Joe Rogan. You know how you're always talking about... Like things like hemp being illegal and it shouldn't be. It's ridiculous that it is even the non-THC form. You know, we remember how also there was a guy shooting rockets over Japan and he was making threats all the time before the election. Let's take just those two things. Okay. The farm bill is legalizing hemp. That's not a thing anymore under Trump. And he de-escalated a, now that might've been a legislative act. But is that act the same as if Obama passed three acts about how often the bathroom should be cleaned in a national park? 
you know, updating the code. Or, we're not even talking. What are we? What what are, things are we talking about? Let's talk about. It's not. It's not quantifiable. It's not quantifiable. So, so did you come? So you can't. You can't. Yeah. Did you count? If, if he comes up and goes, I did this. I passed prison reform or started the first step back. It looks like right. it's going to get signed. And the people who want to do this for two decades, and it's my first two years while I deescalated. It's not true or false. That's the beauty of that's the. Those are the things that he talks about because they're not provable. Or yeah. Anything. Does that count as one? Does that count as one thing? But they're trying, or does that count they're trying as, to play the same rule. Yeah. How many things does that count rule. up against ten? 10 more minor things, right? right? So if the guy comes up and he's Trump, he goes, the Trump Tower, it's going to be plated in gold. And he just goes, I've been doing more. And you go, you know what, you, dude, you've done a lot of things, man, especially in the context of the criticism you've gotten. I rate that no Pinocchios, okay? And I rate the fact, check, fact checker on that five Pinocchios <laughs> from my, because he didn't say legislatively, right? Right, right? And it's always that. You look into it and you go, Dude, the guy's being more directionally honest than anybody. He just doesn't go, on July 1st, I passed XY859B. That That's totally true. Yeah. Checks out. <laughs> you know what I mean? He talks in a different way. Yeah. All right. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's uh, it, it makes you rethink all, all of this shit. Like, it's just, it's just, it's a lot more results based. So you, you start and I, I've been thinking about you know redoing my business plan and stuff, and you start to be like, okay, like what am I even fucking doing here? Like <laughs> there's there there's big accomplishments that you go for. Like did I did I sell like five buildings? Did I do this? Like who fucking cares what I do? Like if I walk in in the morning and do ten calls or whatever. Like it, it results. Did, did you said you're gonna build a wall? Is there a fucking wall going up on the border or not? Like that's all that matters really at the end of the day. It's like a pragmatist. And to, to your point, it seems like the things that I'm paying attention to, there's actually change going on. A lot of people might disagree with what's going on, but there's things seem like they're really fucking quickly moving in a different direction. Yeah. Like, like I can't, I can't imagine over eight years of Obama, like we've just been in this endless and war. Common all sense sudden, and all of a sudden we're, sort of, we're like, we're pulling out of Syria. Yeah, we're pulling people we're, out. Or I'm just going to like, yeah. look, I wrote, I did an executive order. Joe, where uh, does that no, rank? No more people coming in. Where does that uh, rank on the things list? No more, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to fucking North Korea. No more fucking rockets. Over. Yeah. And, is I'm that just, two like, things or is that a hundred things? Right. And, <laughs> and, and all of those things are very major, like actual things. Yeah. I would say each on their own are bigger than anything I can imagine in my right. lifetime even. I would call that being more getting done. Did you know? I don't know. Is it really going to cut off? Because I'm simply going to say this in 30 seconds. Um, It's going to be just totally done? Yeah. I mean, Uh, we could do like a part two. Well, I was just going to say that part about UN nations contributing their fair share and how we like shorthanded said they need to contribute their share and really it's about them matching the quota. And that was called a lie. And it's just like, he just literally like, just told you in like a really direct not legalese way and they called that yeah. something else so or, it's, they're not or, or they're not fair to them and or mexico was gonna pay for the wall mexico was gonna pay for the wall right i mean that was i don't understand that one actually well yeah but i mean it i don't think he's right but i think that's what he meant like in terms of we're gonna save money we're gonna yeah we're i gonna never have a different trade agreement yeah it'll be fair maybe we're just becoming trump apologists no i i think <laughs> Like what? What did people thought that we were gonna just be like? 
Give us ten right. million dollars, Mexico, and build this giant wall. And by the way, I don't care, care less about that not. issue, but it's just it's just funny how much he's distorted. Anyways, good episode. Um, I disagree. This is a terrible episode. <laughs> Hopefully, no one's listening still. Goodbye. <laughs>